0: even though we are
1: in this weird season uh, of COVID, uh, nonetheless, a lot of the root issues that we deal with in life are still the same. A lot of them are, are no different, really, than they were before. A lot of our core issues, issues of the heart. And this relates, and that's one of the reasons why I love the Scripture. Why? Because the Scripture deals with so many issues of the heart and they are universal, it brings us to a story from Matthew chapter 19. If you'd like to turn to it where Yeshua was dialoguing with this man, starting in verse 16, and and you're going to hear something that could have just as well been asked and discussed today. Starting in verse 16, now behold, one came to him, meaning Yeshua, and said, teacher, which is rabbi, what good shall I do? to have eternal life. What good shall I do to have eternal life? Wow. Why do you ask me about what is good? Yeshua said to him, there is only one who is good. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay. Keep the commandments. Makes sense. Which ones? (laughs) He said, oh boy, that's probably not a good start. Yeshua said, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. You're familiar with these, of course, from the Torah. How did the young man reply? He said, verse 20, all these I've kept. (laughs) The young man said to him, what do I still lack? Oh, boy. Yeshua said to him. If you wish to be perfect, go, sell what you own, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he had much property. Mm. Very interesting story. A lot of insights for, for us even today. There were a number of sins now that this rich young ruler had that Yeshua addressed. There were a number of sins that this rich young ruler had. One was pride. It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear that one of the sins that this guy had was pride. I mean, here it is that Yeshua tells him. He says, what do I need to do for eternal life? Yeshua says, yeah, follow the commandments. And first, he asks which ones that that was probably clue right there. Number one, when he says, which ones?" But then, and then and it's interesting too, when he says which ones, it reminds me of something that we carry in our in our gift shop called the Perfect Bible. I don't know if you're familiar with it. it's a, it's it's a wonderful Bible that was uh, the translation was by Professor Paul Lapidus, dear Beth Hallel member. and uh, and the perfect Bible, is, is tremendous. It's the Bible that everybody really, really wants. What is it? It's, it's a Bible uh, that as you open it, it's called the, the Perfect Bible. It's on the cover. Pick and choose version. Pick and choose. You open it up and it's all blank pages. You just put in whatever you want and you don't have to put in what you don't want. It's the pick and choose version. So the, the commandments and the things you like, you put in there. The things you don't like, you don't put in there. It's the perfect Bible. It's the one that everybody really likes, okay? But that's not the, the Bible that we should have, but that's the Bible that this rich young ruler wanted. It, well, you should follow the commandments. Which ones? Oh my goodness. Oh my boy, I could hear Yeshua right now going, Oh, oh, uh, right, not so good. But then, but then Yeshua says, "Well," and He gives him some of the Ten Commandments, and the the guy then says, "Yes, I've followed them all. I've done all those things. I've followed the commandments." Oh, yes, yeah, sure you have. Sure you have. Sure you followed all the commandments. I'm sure you. I'm sure that Yeshua looked with incredulation as to this guy's arrogance to say, "Yeah, I've followed them all since I was a kid. I've done this. No problem." And then Yeshua was, uh, clearly it was like enough, enough. And Yeshua then went straight to the heart. He went straight to the heart of this man because he knew. Now you have to understand that Yeshua wasn't making a new commandment that all of us need to follow sell everything you have. Okay. This is not a commandment that that Yeshua is saying for everybody. This is not the point here. He was making a point to this young man because the second sin that this man had was greed. That was the second sin was greed. The young man clearly cared more about his stuff than of following God. What did he do? He said, what good do I need to do to make it to heaven, right? What, he wanted to, to do good. He wanted to do good. It's a very Jewish principle, y'all, and it's known as tzedakah. We, we know this, charity. It's very, very common uh, in our Jewish people's uh, culture, is we, we are taught from the time we're little that tzedakah is of great importance, and it is. It is of great importance. But that's why in museums all over the world, you see a lot of Jewish names where where it's instilled in us that tzedakah is of great importance for sure. And it is, it is good. And it is very, very important. But all the tzedakah in the world will not buy you into heaven. You can't buy your way into heaven, my friends. And in reality, This rich young ruler's materialism got in the way of him seeing the truth. And Yeshua could see this when when he was talking to this rich young ruler. He knew, which is why he went straight for the jugular with this arrogant young man, thinking he knew it all, thinking that he was totally fine, thinking that he was uh, beyond uh, having done anything wrong. And he just wanted to know, what good do I need to do? What do I need to pay? What, what do I need? What kind of charity? This is a certain amount of thing. But finally, of course, Yeshua reveals the bigger issue here. And, and let, me, let me talk about this too. And this, this, is, this is kind of central core here that I want you to weigh into in your own spirit. And listen, be open. Will you just be open to examine your own heart? To consider whether or not the Lord might be sharing something with you in some small or big way. Because in our modern sensibilities, the way we think about this with our modern viewpoint, we might say that this ruler had his priorities out of order, that God wasn't number one. And and you know what? That's a fair way to say it. It, it, It's clear that this man did not have his priorities in order. And, And I've given messages about priorities and the importance of God being your first priority, God first, your family second, and then your congregation, your work, et cetera, beyond that, okay? And, and so for sure, but let me give you a more ancient word, a, a word that, that describes what this young man had and did, and it's it's, an, it's a more ancient word, and, and, and it's not used as much today, but In some ways, it conjures up images of of ancient and primitive cultures, but it's very much the truth. Let me tell you what this man suffered from. He suffered from idolatry, idolatry. Exodus chapter 20, speaking of the commandments, says this, starting in verse 1. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. No other gods, period. In verse 5, God says that he is a jealous God. Anything at all, hear this, because we don't often think about ourselves as idolatrous. Anything at all that we put before God is idolatry. It's idol worship. People think of idolatry as some kind of a a statue or something, a statuette that, that ain't the ancient people would would place in their home and worship some kind of a statue. They, they've, they've been excavating in Israel even just the last couple of weeks some some new statuettes of, of gods and things like this. And, and yes, it is that too the, with these little idols and things like that. And yes, that still does happen today. That's not purely ancient culture. We don't see it as much in America. but But yes, it still does happen today. But friends, far greater is the idolatry that we have that is much more akin, really, to this rich young ruler. Anything that you put before God is indeed that statue that you worship. Anything that you put before God is that little statue that you worship, whether you realize it or not. It's so interesting to conceptualize, but if we're honest with ourselves, you know this makes some sense. I want to ask you today, and I'm asking you to think about this, what are the idols that are in your life? It's not meant to be a rhetorical question. I'm asking for you to think about it. I'm going to pause for just a second. Think about it and think in your own life, what idols are in your life? Something come to mind, or not much come to mind, if you're honest. I'm asking you to really think maybe nothing quite came to your mind very quickly. Well, for sure, nothing came to mind for the young ruler. (laughs) That's very clear. Because he felt confident that he was doing the things that he should be doing. (sighs) Yeshua said, Follow the commandments. He said, Yeah, yeah, been doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I followed all those. He didn't think he had any idols. That's real clear. He said, I'm following the commandments. That's what he said. I'm following the commands. But idols are oftentimes not what we think they are. Ephesians chapter 5. Listen to some of this coaching and uh, and input that Rabbi Shaul has on the the congregation there in Ephesus. Verse 3. But sexual immorality and any impurity or greed, don't let these be mentioned among you, as is proper for kedushim. Obscene, coarse, and stupid talk are also out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Know for certain that no immoral, indecent, or greedy person who is really an idol worshiper at heart has any inheritance in the kingdom of Messiah and God. Oof. Wow. Chavarim. When we merely sin, we're placing our own desires. Above God's desires and commands. Doesn't that make sense? Stop and think about that for a minute. When we sin, when we knowingly sin, what we're saying is that "Mm, I'm going to put what I want above what God wants. Intuitively, that makes sense to you. Okay, so you're putting your desires above, for whatever that is, above God. Friends, that's the definition of idolatry. Very simply. And the more you sin, the more you sin in any particular area, the more you are crafting a statuette, the more you're crafting a little idol in your life. Some people sin in a certain area and and they sin and it becomes habitual and they keep sinning in a particular area. And it's like they're just fine-tuning, crafting that little statuette idol in their lives, putting something above God. You might say, but Rabbi, I believe in God. The book of Yaakov James says the demons also believe in God. Now, it's not just believing God. Well, I love God. Okay. But these things, some, some of you have these things in addition to God. Yes, you may love the Lord. And listen, I, this is not a message of condemnation. This is, this is not saying you, you're all horrible people. That's not the point. The point of my message and the, and the point of my encouragement to you, beloved, right, is all of us are in process, present company included. All of us are in process, and we all need to be tweaking our lives and growing in our walks and making changes in our lives to become more like Moshiach, to become more like the Lord. And, and this is part of it as well, is that even if you love the Lord, if you, know, if you love God, but yet you keep doing things that you're putting things above him, right? What did God say? He said, I will have no other gods before me. I'm a jealous God, he says. I'll have no other gods before me. You can't love that idol and then say, "Oh, and I love God too. Oh, I love God too, and I love..." God. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way, uh, my friends. I'll have no other gods before me. Remember, we read that it's one of the ten biggies, for that matter. So I ask again: What are the idols in your life? It's anything that you put above God. And remember that the idols themselves—if if you put them up as an idol. In and of themselves, sometimes they may be okay, but if they are placed before God, uh, then these priorities become idolatrous. What, what am I talking about? Uh, let me give you an example of some things that can become idols in your life, and and it will make more sense. Idols that that can be in your life. Idols can be your job. I pause there. Just to, I'm going to give you a, a short list, but. But your job, you need your job. Your job's important, but your job can't come before God. That's when your job, which is okay in and of itself, becomes an idol. Your job, your arrogance, and your need to be right. Some people, by gosh, they have to be right. You see this a lot in marriages, sadly, sometimes. People's arrogance, they think they know it all. Other idols can be retirement, money, your spouse, your children. People sometimes have their children up on a pedestal, and they put their children before everything else. God says, I'll have no other gods before me. Yes, that includes your children. Yes, that includes your spouse. Now, your family's got to be number two, right below God. Absolutely. But God's got to be numero uno. Other idols can be vacation. Your lusts. Video games. Achievement. Respect. Extracurricular activities. I see some students who put these extracurricular activities... Over God. It's a Shonda. YouTube. I know there's some of you who spend way too much time on YouTube. I know it. And God knows it. And if it's become a priority over God, then it's an idol. How about this for another potential idol? Your ministry. Hey, your ministry can't be your God. If you're, if you're in ministry and if you have things that you do for the Lord, that can't, doing, doing your ministry can't come before God himself. That's really easy for people in ministry to, to mess up there, that priority. Your free time. There are many, 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 many others here, right? Uh, again, some of these things are well and good if not placed before the Lord. Other things are bad in all circumstances and you never want to do them. Okay. Depending upon what it is. So, so the question is, what should you do? What should you do if you see that you have an idol in your life? I'm glad you asked because maybe you say, Rabbi, you know, I didn't think that I was idolatrous until you started going through the list and I started thinking about it. And then when I was honest and I felt an impression of my spirit that there were things that I were that I was putting before God. Okay, and so if you see that there's some kind of an idol in your life, what do you do? Because we have to examine the scriptures and to see what they say about what we're supposed to do with idols. God commanded the children of Israel as to how to as to how to handle the idols of the heathen peoples. Let's go to the Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 5 says this. Instead, you are to deal with them like this. Tear down their altars, smash their pillars, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their carved images with fire. For you are to be a holy people to Adonai, your God. From all the peoples on the face of the earth, Adonai, your God, has chosen you to be his treasured people. Amsegulah. You are to be his treasured people, but you have to do these things because he's chosen you. Friends, Scripture is clear. Listen to me. You're not to bandage your idols. You're not to coach your idols. You're not to mask your idols. You're not to rehabilitate your idols. No, beloved, you are to smash, topple, and burn your idols. The idols must be destroyed in your life. This is why Yeshua, oh, this goes back to this story, right? Yeshua's trying to help this guy. He really was. This is why Yeshua was so strong to the rich young ruler who came to him with his arrogance and was asking Yeshua these questions. He knew that there was a stronghold, a statue of sorts in this man's life, and he was seeking to topple it. Yeshua was seeking to topple this, this idol that was in this man's life to utterly destroy it. That's why he told this man who clearly had this stronghold, that's idol, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. He, he went hardcore straight for the jugular on that. But what happened? Of course, the man would not have it. Why? Because his idol was too important He had put something before God in direct defiance of the number one commandment there. And it is severe as how do we are to deal with idolatry. God further commands the children of Israel regarding even the places where idols were worshiped. Listen to this in Deuteronomy chapter 12, starting in verse two, God says, you must utterly destroy all the places where the nations that you will dispossess served their gods on the high mountains. And on the hills and under every green tree, you are to tear down their altars, smash their pillars, burn their asherah poles in the fire, and cut down the carved images of their gods. And you are to obliterate their name from that place. My goodness. Obliterate the idol's name even from that place. Wow. Wow. Friends, you have to topple the idol, even obliterate the name of the idol. Now, what does this look like in real life here? I'm going to, I want to go through a couple of practical examples. These are just examples of of things that you may or may not need to do if you have idols, certain idols in your life, because the scripture is clear that we got to smash these things. We got to destroy these idols and for some people, they, they, can, they can do certain things and keep it in perspective, things that aren't inherently wrong or evil. They can keep these things in perspective, but some people can't. They don't, they've lost control. They've lost self-control, and they put these things above God. And what do they need to do? In certain cases, you got to be extreme to destroy it so that you can restore the right order in life, which is God is number one. Does that make sense? Okay, so here are just some examples to give you some thoughts, some things that I hope the Lord will just kind of deal with you in your own way regarding whatever it is in your own life. Some of you need to get radical. Some of you who have put social media above God need to, wait for it, delete your account. Delete your account. Hear me now. There's nothing inherently wrong with social media. But if you put it above God, right, then perhaps you need a break until you can put God back on the throne of your heart. That's radical. But some of you probably need to do it. Some of you who have put your children before God need to release them. Release them. They're gods anyway. Now that doesn't mean don't take care of them and just ignore them. Of course not. That's not what I'm saying. But it does mean to release fear. Some people fear what will happen with their kids unless they're, they're, they're there. And, and how they put them on a pedestal and, and a controlling nature. Some people need to release a controlling nature regarding their kids. The same thing can go go with your spouse. You got to release that idolatry. Idolatry. Oftentimes, idolatry is associated with a disproportionate focus on money. A lot of people have a disproportionate focus on money. Listen, friends, do your best to make money, to save, and to make good financial decisions. Yes, no question about that, but. It's got to be in perspective. If you are not giving your tithes to the Lord, hear me, you are making money an idol. It's an idol in your life. My, my dad, Rabbi E, was always taught very, uh, in a way that I could really understand in this regard. Friends, you got to hold stuff in this world with an open hand. That's how you hold stuff in this world, with an open hand, knowing that it's God's anyway. And and, and if God takes it, He takes it. But But you hold it, and you're responsible for it, but it's with an open hand. But you don't just hold on to pull every little thing. That doesn't work. It's making it an idol. Tear down your Asherah poles. Topple these idols. Some of you, may have literal artistic idols or instruments of false religions in your homes. I know that sometimes it's become in vogue to have uh, as part of artwork in your home or, or uh, a trivet in your house, certain things that are literally like little idols. And if somebody says, oh, do you worship? that?" <laughs> of course not. It's just a piece of art. Or it's just a little, you know, paperweight. No, 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 my friends. Do you not see and what the scriptures say about this? Things that represent the evil, the spiritual evil. Things like even things such as Ouija boards, dream catchers, idolatrous masks, statuettes, astrological symbols. Two words, smash them. Don't just throw them away. Smash them before you throw them away. Some of you, oh boy, some of you need to stop watching YouTube completely. Oh, other than, of course, our YouTube uh, stream. I'm just saying, you know, you need you got to keep watching our YouTube. But, but my point is, is that you understand there's nothing wrong with YouTube inerrantly. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that YouTube's up with the devil. That's not what I'm saying here, friends. But if you put it before God, then it becomes an idol. You need to stop it. Same thing with video games. Young people, hear me? Are video games your idol? What do you spend a disproportionate amount of time on? Are you, are you in the Word of God? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you reading books about the Lord? Are you watching videos like this uh, uh, about God? Or, or are you spending every spare moment you have on video games? Don't, don't let video games. There's nothing wrong with them inerrantly. I play video games every once in a while. Okay, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it inerrantly. It can't come before God and become an idol. Some of you may need to lay down your need for achievement or your need for respect. Some of you need to lay down your pride. Others need to lay down your vacation because you've made it an idol. Your whole year is 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 pointing toward the vacation. For some people it's their free time. You talk to them and 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 they can you help with this? Or can you do that? Well, uh, you know, I, I I really protect the me time. Okay. Well, all right. You know, God's got to come. Number one, God time got to come. Number one. I'm not saying you should lead about you. I am saying you should lead a balanced life. This don't misunderstand me, but God has to come. Number one, not, not me, not you. You can't become, you can't be number one in your own life. Some of you probably need to lay down your apathy or your indifference. You have to smash that idol, whatever it is. And finally, if you do, God will be pleased. Consider the case of good King Hezekiah. Oh, King Hezekiah was a good king. Listen to what happened as we prepare to close. 2 Kings chapter 18, starting in verse 4. He, being Hezekiah, removed the high places. He came in office and he cleaned house. He removed the high places, smashed the pillars, and cut down the Asherah poles. He also broke into pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For up to those days, B'nai Israel, the children of Israel, were still burning incense to it. It was called Nehushtan. He trusted, Hezekiah trusted in Adonai, the God of Israel, Indeed, none of all the kings of Judah after him was like him and none before him, for he clung to Adonai. He did not turn away from following him, but kept his mitzvot, which Adonai had commanded Moses. How did Adonai think about that? So Adonai was with him. Wherever he went, he prospered. Hmm. Oh, see, that's the blessing of smashing and destroying the idols. So that's what I want for each of us, my friends, for Adonai to be with us, for Adonai to be with you. But it requires your effort, sincere effort, your decision, and your unwavering resolve. But the rewards are eternal. The title of my message is smash the idol. Let's bow our heads. If you're watching this and you already know Yeshua as your Messiah, and, well, (laughs) you were not expecting it when you turned onto the stream today or this uh, podcast, but in listening, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, is ministering to you in your Ruach, in your own spirit, that... There are some things that are idols in your life, and that is idolatry. If that's you and there are things, oh man, in the name of Yeshua, I want to pray for you. If you're being honest about it, I pray for you. God, I pray, but but you know what? As much as I pray for you, it's a decision that you have to make. Say, Lord, I put down this idol. I destroy this idol. I want to put you number one in my life, God. God. Retake your the throne that is, it is in my heart where you belong. God, anything that I put before you, I I I I want to, to take it away. And I want for you to be number one. No other gods before you, just as you say. Mm. And I will do what I need to do to make that happen. Wow. If that's you and you said that and you feel that in your heart, then I just pray strength. I pray strength so that God can take his place as number one. God can take his place as number one in your heart, that the Lord will touch you, he will minister to you, he will bless you, and he will continue to speak to you. And if you're watching this and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, you've never said a prayer to follow God, repeat this prayer after me and the Lord will touch you. Dear God, I humbly come before you I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Forgive me of my sins, God. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. It would be of great joy to us. Lord God, I thank you for each person who is watching or listening to this stream today that you'll touch us, God, that you'll speak to us and minister to us, Lord. And we thank you
0: for your mitzvot. Bashem Yeshua. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Beth El family, please visit our website at www.bethhallel.org That's bethhalle lorg Or call 770 641 3000. If you are in the Metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service Friday nights at 8 o'clock or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom.